Ellis Noto with the Indiana National Guard. Here are my co-host, Sergeant First Class Robbie Schweitzer for the Lima Charlie Podcast. Today we have two very special guests, two very special Command Sergeant Majors. Would you like to introduce yourselves? I'm Command Sergeant Major Dale Shedler. I am the State Command Sergeant Major and the Senior Enlisted Leader for Indiana National Guard. I'm uh, Command Sergeant Major Joshua Butler. I am the uh, CSM for 76 Brigade Rear the CSM for the 113th BSB, and uh, the J-4 Sergeant Major for the state. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a lot. Well, Sergeant Major, thank you so much for taking time out of your, your very busy schedule to come join uh, Sergeant First Class Schweitzer and I. Could you could you both walk us through what your personal journey was becoming uh, a CSM here in the Indiana National Guard? Yeah, so for me, uh, I, I was first sergeant at two different units and, and, you know, made my mistakes the first time, got it right the second time. Uh, and then uh, was asked to be a command sergeant major for the 138th Signal Battalion. Um, and so it really for me, it was trying to get to first sergeant uh, and then later became the command sergeant major. And, and really it's, it's opportunity, time, uh, and being prepared. And, and uh, it's a lot of it is timing uh, if things are open when right. you're available or not. So. Yeah, and so my journey was uh, was a little different than most, I think, because I I grew up as a uh, sustainment NCO, a logistics NCO, and I was grew up through the the staff NCO protocols, and so um, the leadership roles weren't really that easy for me to come by. They weren't. I weren't just. I wasn't just kind of forced into them, and so I had to kind of uh, force my way into the the leadership program. And um, when I was at the seventy six brigade, I, I was insistent on being a first sergeant, and so. I got the opportunity to be the first sergeant of HHC IBCT. Um, I think I proved my leadership chops there. And from there, people really really thought of me more as a leader at that point instead of just a staff NCO. And so uh, when I became an E9, I applied for the 113th BSB CSM position and was able to get it. Um, and so the rest is history. I like how Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major, you, you both, or the words you've said basically said you're this is an honor to be to be a yeah, sergeant major absolutely. And, that's, and you had mentioned you know what being a first sergeant what was it like did you see yourself as the e1 e2 e3 uh younger version uh ever becoming uh, a csm yeah so no okay. never, never. <laughs> like when i when I, you know, I i started as e1 because that was the lowest rank right. you know i couldn't go any lower but i i really was new to the military nobody in my family had served and like acronyms like used to yeah. like if i ever make i'm sorry major i'm never gonna use acronyms or st- stuff like that i used to say <laughs> when i'm sorry major the army i'm gonna do this and that but but really like first sergeant was my goal because i wanted to affect soldiers uh, for the better right and, right and first sergeant's the best job in the army it's the most it's the hardest job in the army it's the most rewarding job in the yeah. army and i really just wanted to get the first sergeant and then I thought, you know, my career would be would be the pinnacle of my career. So. Yeah. I like how you put that. Was, was it a similar journey for you, Sergeant Major? Again, I think uh, kind of parallels my um, my discussion on how I got there. I grew up in the infantry as a sustainer. And so the, the path to leadership at First Sergeant CSM wasn't that clear for me. I always wanted it. I always knew that that was something I wanted to achieve. Um, but I had to kind of carve that out for myself and make sure that I was projecting myself as a leader and a staff NCO at the same time, and so people trusted that I could do it. Um, so to answer your question, um, I never 
it never was um, clear to me on the aspiration, but it was always something that I wanted. The, the path was, was, was more difficult, I would say. You both seem to have a passion for leading soldiers, and that's, that's really cool. Sir Major Butler, uh, so you said early on that you kind of had to force your way into leadership. Can yeah. you kind of yeah. expand on that a little bit? Because I think that that's probably where some people find themselves right now, that of they're course. not feeling like those opportunities are opening up. So what, what did you do to wedge that door open for yourself? Yeah, you got, you got to take the challenging positions, the challenging roles, and uh, push yourself to be in front, right? As a staff NCO, um, sometimes it becomes just the day-to-day -day running reports and, and mundane things. You have to project that, that leadership um, chops w when you're doing your job. Um, and it really took, you know, just me uh, at, at the time, CSM Bishop, um, was my CSM at 76 Brigade. And I said, hey, I'm ready to be a first sergeant. And uh, and he said, I know you are. Let's give you the opportunity. And so it just kind of worked out to where uh, the timing was right and uh, the position was open in the same building. And, and I just kind of ran with it. And being an HHC IVCT first sergeant or, or any, you know, headquarters first sergeant is difficult because leadership is... Uh, more challenging when you're leading a bunch of uh, field grade officers and senior mm -hmm. NCOs. And so <laughs> that's that's a whole nother um, creative, uh, you know, challenge that you have in, in that leadership. And it, it taught me a lot. So gotcha. Did you find that to be a hard conversation to have to approach to be like, hey, I'm, I'm ready for the next step? Or <clears throat> did you feel that you would put enough into it that you were ready to, to go and knock on that door? Well, that's that's the nice thing about having good leadership because Bishop, SR Major Bishop open the doors for those discussions all the time. Gotcha. And so, uh, you know, I was in a perfect situation where he was open to the discussion, was talking to me about my future and what I wanted. And I just said, that's what I wanted. And so it was natural. That's awesome. Sergeant Major Shadow, did you have, what were your key steps you took um, to prepare for that promotion? Yeah, so a lot like like what he was talking about, hard, hard assignments, right? I, I always ask for hard assignments. Uh, my leaders recognized that I could handle hard assignments and right. give them to me. Uh, and so just preparing myself, uh, learning new things, different different assignments, broadening assignments, hard assignments, yeah. we're good. PT, like you gotta be ready to go uh, to school at any time. And, and I, I had an advantage in my civilian job, but was pretty flexible so, so I could go to schools. Uh, when I needed to, uh, and, and early sometimes. Uh, and so you just got to be, you know, physically fit, well-trained, well-disciplined. That's the three things that the chief staff of the army says all the time. So, and I, you know, Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major, I love that you brought that up. I was about to ask your, your civilian career. How did that play a part in shaping your success here in the Indiana National Guard? Yeah. So for me, you know, I was, I was 31 years in the civilian sector before, before I took this job, a couple of mobs in there. Uh, I was vice president of software development for a company. And, you know, I, I would go to leadership school in the Army, and I'd get to lead a few people, and I'd figure it out, and, and then my work would see that, and they'd promote me. Uh, and then I'd figure some more stuff out there, and then I'd get promoted again in the Army, go to school, lead some more people, figure it out. My work would see that and promote me, and, and it went back and forth. And so I worked my way from programmer to, to vice president. 
you know, wow. never would have happened without all the Army leadership training and experience and stuff like that. And so they really played off each other. I love that. Uh, they, they really did play off each other, and, and, and one helped the other quite a bit throughout my career. So it was truly a symbiotic relationship oh, between, and, and they weren't necessarily related careers. No, what no. What was your, your enlisted MOS? I was uh, communications, communications, logistics, okay. and logistics. maintenance. So everything, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you, but none of those are the vice president of a major software organization no, here in the United right. States. So you were, you were able to play uh, those off of each other, and that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Major, did you have something similar? Was your experience similar? I know you mentioned being an infantryman. No, very, very different. So um, uh, I... I was full time from I've been full time since 2002. And so there there was a balance there very early on, but it was only a couple years of my civilian job and my military career. Uh, but uh, when when the balloon went up and we started really mobilizing heavily, that's kind of where it just turned on for me. And I just never stopped. Yeah. Should I get down with it? You you get push down with it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no. The, it's that you know there is a challenge between having your AGR full time job right. and then also having your leadership role and not not letting them mesh sometimes and allowing your full timers to do their job. Um, there is that challenge where you're not in their business constantly, uh, but you're there as an asset and as you know as a um, just as a key role for them to to support. So. And you brought up a really excellent point there with, with, with those careers meshing. How did you to manage uh, your own career development and advancement? So um, I'll tell you, I read this question and it really made me think a lot about, you know, how I pushed myself through my career. And it, it really is just that, right? It's um, it. I learned early that you can't have a sense of entitlement on your career and where, where you're going to go. You That's have right. to carve that out yourself. There's nobody that, there are good leaders that are going to enable you to get there, but there's nobody that's going to get you there without without you pushing yourself. Um, and if we believe, if there's a culture of that, that we believe that somehow I'm just gonna do my time and get promoted, then then we're not really uh, creating a, um, a professional organization, right? That um, competition, that, you know, very, um, healthy, you know, push of yourself is extremely important. Um, and so I always, you know, I think this is a theme, pushed myself to do the challenging positions. If yeah. somebody said, this is the hard job, that's what I wanted to do, or this was the hard school to go to, that's what I wanted to do, because I knew that that would set myself up for success. And, and I would look different against my peers. Um, and so I always just under tried to understand what the criteria were. What's going to get me promoted this time? How am I going to do that? And I always just push myself to get there. Uh, there were times where I was just like frustrated, you know, where it just felt like I was stagnant or maybe people weren't seeing me the way I was supposed to. I thought myself, you know, I thought of myself um, and it just kind of pushed me to get better. And so that that's really and then, you know, you continue with that mentality and it really just kind of shows up and, um, you know, and then you're just take on the next job and you do the next thing. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Uh, well, I, I, I see, know. I see soldiers that want the title, but not the job. Right. Oh yeah. And so, you, you know, you, you gotta want the job. You gotta yeah. want the, the work that goes with it. Not just the, the title of first sergeant or sergeant major. So that's yeah. pretty important too. 
you, yeah, it, it's so much more than it's a it's it's a role, it's a lifestyle, right? Yeah. And as as National Guardsmen, we all have civilian careers, right? So you're yes, it's one week in a month, two weeks in the summer, you know, thirty nine days a year on average, but you're doing a lot in those thirty nine days, and you're and you're managing your civilian life, your your family, your school for a lot of our young guardsmen, yeah. and and being being that being that rank is is a lot more than just just a title, right? Yeah. It's you know embracing that role. Yeah. So, so I also, when we talk about, like he talked about wanting to be a first sergeant. Right. And, and so I was up in Elkhart, Indiana, in a unit uh, as an E7, and I wanted to be the first sergeant there. And, and the, the battalion headquarters was down in Indianapolis. And so I transferred down to Indianapolis to be on the battalion staff. And I requested an office call with the battalion sergeant major. And I said, hey, when you replace the sergeant major in Elkhart, I want you to consider me. I'm going to work here for the next couple of years. You'll get to know me. You'll get to trust me. Uh, and then I hope to, that you'll put me back in. Nine months later, uh, they fired the first sergeant for whatever uh, and put me in there. And so and so that's kind of the, you yeah. know, taking the career in your own hands and, and trying to figure out how, how to best get there. And so that's that's what people need to do is, is yeah. ask for those hard assignments, prove yourself to the leadership and then get them. That's fantastic. Yeah. So kind of staying in this realm of of owning your career uh eps is kind of a mystery mm -hmm. right especially oh, if yeah. you're a traditional guardsman <laughs> yeah. like, nobody really knows exactly how it works yeah. if you're on the traditional side so could you just kind of walk us through that process uh and how as we're moving into uh, a new eps cycle here in the next handful of months what uh our guardsmen can do to best prepare themselves apart from taking the hard assignments going to the right schools yeah. what other aspects of their career and professional life can they work on so they can be the most competitive on those boards yeah good question. let me start with this one but, yes, so i can't i can't walk down the street without somebody you know <laughs> asking me about the eps system right. it's important are the broke yeah. the broke eps system is what i hear a lot <laughs> whatever you know whatever and it's fine and, and i have some i have some some numbers here actually but you know uh when we do eps boards and you've been on them i've been on them it's hard to evaluate soldiers. It's hard to differentiate between soldiers based on NCOERs and you know at, at E6, E7, E8. These are these are boards where somebody's looking at your packet. Um, and so 75% of the there's like 600 points in a in a sure. score sheet. 75% of that is performance and potential, right? 75% and and over 40% is potential. And so we're wow. looking at you know people with potential for the next rank. People with potential for the next rank. Past performance plays into part of that. You know, that, that's a big part. But the other 25% is duty assignments and PT and college. And, you know, that makes up only 25% of, of the score. And so really it's it's potential for the next rank. And, and it's hard to judge that on NCOERs because they all read the same and everyone's in the top 10% of people I rate and all, you know, all kinds of silly stuff. So... So we have to be creative, and, and it's not perfect, but it's it's we're we're tweaking it every year. Yeah. And we're, we're trying to make it better, and right now, you know, we have to look at all these other categories. But you know, I say all the time, just because you have a master's degree and you score, you know, max PT test doesn't necessarily make you a good leader. You might be a good leader, but that doesn't make you a good leader. And so we have to figure out how to judge potential better going mm -hmm. forward. And we're working at, at that in different ways, but it, it's hard. It's hard to do. So sorry, go ahead, Sergeant Major. Yeah, so uh, to, just to tailor off of that, we're, 
we're constantly assessing the program and uh, the program at its to its core is fundamentally sound uh, but we're just constantly tweaking it to make it better for the for the soldier and gauge that total soldier concept it's something that he constantly says it's just the total soldier concept and and how do, how do we look at that fairly in in the different programs right um through the different mos's and the different rank structures and you know and even into the leadership positions um the biggest challenge that we see on the boards is just administrative data uh, soldiers missing NCOERs and things and that can be challenging right because a lot of that has to do with your leadership being involved and getting the NCOERs completed uh, but as a soldier um, and as, as a soldier who wants to get promoted it is imperative that you take that ownership on your on your evaluations uh, you have to do um, your uh, support form and if you don't have a support form completed uh, then shame on you for assuming that your potential is going to shine through with your senior rater um, and then a lot of people are worried or are scared that when they see their evaluation if something's missing to bring that up to the rater or senior rater but it's absolutely your job i mean that's what that's why it comes back to you before signature um, having that discussion with your rater and senior rater saying hey maybe not about how you were evaluated you know whether you were far exceeds or exceeds but maybe they missed a bullet that they didn't that they didn't kind of shape you into you know what you think you are um, and so having those discussions with them is imperative uh, because a lot of times our senior raters are more disconnected than we'd like um, and so and he's as he talks about potential that one paragraph and that one rating gives you 40 percent of what you're being evaluated against and if you're not involved in that and that block then shame on you for mm -hmm. what what the board is seeing because the board is seeing that for the last three years and so every evaluation means something um and i know that it can it can be going back to it being um confusing or not understanding it but really when you think about what a total soldier is and what you want your soldiers to be that's who you need to be in your evaluations and that's how you need to be as a soldier and as long as the administrative data catches up which is where we see the biggest issue then generally you're going to do well um uh if you i mean it's almost as predictable you know if you're missing one or two ncoers that's going to put you middle or bottom oh, of the yeah. pack yeah. Um, and you're missing that time. I mean, it's almost like you wasted that year going because now you got to wait another year because that evaluation is missing. So be on top of your evaluations, be on top of your leaders on getting your evaluations done. And if you're a leader, make sure that the soldiers are, are you know, are getting their evaluation. That's why it's it's so difficult as a senior NCO is because you're always like our NCOERs are, are delinquent. We got to get on top of them. And it seems like it's a mundane thing, um, but it is it's extremely important. So critically important yeah. the development of the soldier. So so a couple other things is we just recently um, pushed out the score sheets in a weekly frago yeah. for to the field so soldiers can look at how they're being evaluated on the score sheets the, the the actual points aren't on there it just says you know weighted heaviest weighted least and stuff like that but uh those score sheets are out there so look at that and see what you're being evaluated on and the other thing is we we always need members to be on the eps yeah. boards Do and yeah. the best way to learn about eps is to sit you know volunteer to be on one of these boards uh we'll bring if you're a traditional we'll bring you on orders and, and put you on a board for a couple days yeah. and and then you can go back and explain it all to your to your soldiers. So gotcha. We're yeah. we're going. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, I just yeah. Where you where you? It's really where it opened my eyes to where the program is. 
uh, I think there's a perception that it's a good old boy system, that it's just a bunch yeah. of sergeants yeah. majors that go go in a room <laughs> like, I want this guy, that guy. And I, I think it used to be that way. Um, I, I truly do. Um, maybe maybe two decades ago or yeah. whatever, you know, when... When I got promoted. Yeah, no, when it was no, difficult. No. Uh, but it really isn't. It is really a very fair and equitable process. It just... Um, and it's laborious, right? We're looking at hundreds and hundreds of NCOERs. But um, it, I, I encourage anybody who wants to be a part of that, just, just you know, we'll put you on orders. You'll, you know, you'll come down and you'll be a part of it and you'll see how it works. Where would someone go to find out more about how they volunteer for the just their, their readiness NCO? Or what's yeah, the best yeah. Official readiness NCO or even uh, the EPS uh, team in the J1 shop. Yeah. What is it? What is it? typical day on a board look like oh, knowing yeah. that typical is the laborious so, so you yeah. you you get access to a bunch of like iperm records basically and so you look through ncoers and pt tests and school uh 1059s from yep. schools and uh it's just it, and then you you take notes and then you you do some evaluation some points and and then you move on to the next one and it's it's just constant sitting at a computer Gotcha. And uh, looking there, at people's records. Yeah, and there's a lot of checks and balances. So there's five people that are looking at one soldier at any given time. And so it's about that average of how those five people grade you. Um, and so it doesn't – so if if one one person doesn't particularly see you as a good leader but another one does, that usually balances out. And there's e even a, a fail-safe in the system to where if one if, – if the, the group of people is too far off – they have to reevaluate and come back to a better consensus, so if they the, tighten it up. Yeah, the difference between the high and the low scores are too yeah. far. They'll 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 make you re look at it again. So and the IGs there. I mean, there's you know we've got people from, you know, if we have questions on schools or medical or anything like that, we can ask all those questions to those experts. So have a better understanding of what potentially is going on with that soldier through that exactly. year. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. But it gives an opportunity for you know we as a national guard we are a state based organization right so we are we live here we work here we serve here right mm -hmm. so but we have we're offering our our force our enlisted force to have buy-in have buy-in to promoting our own leaders yeah. that's excellent that's that's a, a really really cool opportunity um what are some of the things that you, you had mentioned a, a few moments ago uh command sergeant major you had mentioned the individuals who are, are basically rating everyone in the top 10%, right? What, what are some good ways? Are you, are you comfortable saying what are some good ways if you have that great leader? How should, what should you be doing to make sure that they're ta you're taking care of them as a raider or senior raider? Yeah, really it's, it's you know, NCRs is a big thing for promotions. Right. Um, but, but getting them into schools and getting them into, you know, promoting them, we want to get them promoted ahead of their peers, right? If they're Absolutely. if they're in the top ten or fifteen percent, we want to get them promoted ahead of peers. And so it's setting them up with schools and with assignments and with NCOERs that uh, that put them in the top ten or fifteen percent because that that pyramid gets small. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have I have some numbers here uh, for traditional soldiers. You know, we have twelve hundred E six. Authorizations in the state, roughly twelve hundred E six. That's across all. That's MOS's. across all MOSs. Okay. Traditional soldiers. When we go to E seven, it goes from twelve hundred to seven hundred, right? Oh, wow. So that pyramid gets a little small. Yeah. Uh, when it goes to E eight, it goes from seven hundred to two hundred. So wow. that's a one in you know one in every three point five soldiers uh, that was E seven will make it to E eight, and then uh, seventy E nines. Uh, so that's like a one in three opportunity from E8 to E9. 
And you know, if you get an E9 that's that stays in there for four, five, six years, yep. uh, you know, that pyramid gets really small. And so we got to work at that. And even with AGRs, you know, we got 283 E6 authorizations, 268 E7. So that's not too bad. But when it goes from E7 to E8, that's really where the bottleneck is. We got 55 E8 authorizations. That wow. means only one in five E7s will make it. We'll make it to E8, uh, and and then 19 E9. So one in three from E8 to E9. And so if you're not in the top, you know, 10% of the EPS list, uh, you're probably not going to make it, especially from E7 to E8. And that's where we see, you know, the hardest, the hardest struggle with with AGR soldiers. Gotcha. And, and you had both. You had mentioned Sergeant Major. You had mentioned total soldier concept. You had mm-hmm. mentioned potential. Mm-hmm. What are things that I can do as a leader to make sure that I am exhibiting my potential and I am defining it so my leadership can see it? Because I want to get promoted, right? We all want to get promoted. Yeah, yeah. So what are some things that steps that I can take as a leader to make sure that I am maximizing my potential or showing my potential? Yeah. So I'll tell you, you got to start off first by looking at how your subordinates feel about you, right? Um, so we can get wrapped around the fact that we want to get promoted and what we want our careers to do. But um, if if we're focusing on how how we're leading our soldiers and how. Then that's going to push us forward. start to you know get this bigger group of people sometimes you start to feel more disconnected from the actual uh, leadership role um, you got to find a way to really um, connect with those soldiers and understand what they need and and how to be a good leader and that really kind of shows right because you know leadership is not just about how you are fundamentally doing or how you're achieving it's about how that group is moving forward and if you're not focusing on that you could be missing missing the mark I know we're talking about you know, getting promoted, but mm-hmm. no, you're right. Absolutely. That's, that's leadership though. Yes, absolutely. What a, what a powerful, what a powerful response, you know, to, to see how you, as a leader, we're, we're going to have to look at how your subordinates feel about you. Yeah. Um, which, which brings up a, a great question is, is how as we as national guardsmen, how can we maintain great relationships with our, our subordinates, our peers, our superiors? What are some steps that we can take and some self-evaluations we yeah. can uh, put on ourselves? So, so I'll tell you, Honesty and communication, right? Mm-hmm. Like, honesty is key. You can't be fake. Soldiers see right no. through fake. Uh, and so you, you got to, you know, you really got to be uh, upfront. And, and, you know, there's one of the sayings we have in our primary leadership training is, is trust is built, you know, by the drip and it's lost mm-hmm. by the gallon, right? Yeah. Like, you can build trust for years and years and years yeah, like slowly that. Do, I like that. and do one thing yeah. and it's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so soldiers see through fake. You got to you got to be honest and true and you got to care about them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, teach, coach and mentor. Right. We, we teach, coach and mentor two levels down in the Army. That's that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so that, you know, that first sergeant should be teaching, coaching, mentoring his his staff sergeants. Um, that sergeant first class uh, platoon sergeant should be doing his, his team leaders. And, and it's showing that you care about their career, helping them improve, um, helping them reach their potential uh, by, because you've been there and, you, and you're, you know, two, two levels, you're far enough away where you can see the bigger picture now and, and you can see the, the, the important things at the higher level. Um, and so helping them reach their potential and, and we should all be helping our soldiers reach their potential, yeah. man. That's, that is key to being a leader. Uh, so. Yeah, I often say it's going to say basically say the same thing, but I often tell uh, when we do our NCO 
DP, uh, NCOPDs is uh, sincerity, compassion, and dynamic. And, you know, it just kind of fulfills all those things that you said, Sergeant Major. And if you can, if you can try to be those three things, that, that leadership, um, fu those fundamentals will come together and, and you'll be uh, more visible and, and, you know, more approachable as a, as a leader. I really like that both of your take on leadership is about your people and not necessarily yeah. being the best or most expert in your field. It's about investing the knowledge yeah. and time that you have into the development of your soldiers. I think that's a really, really, really good way really to look is. at it. The, you know, once you make E5, E6 for sure, it, it's it's not about you anymore. It's about yeah. your soldiers. Like it, wow. if people that are in it for them, they they need they need to go. Yeah, because <laughs> they they're in it for the wrong reason. And it's really about taking care of your soldiers. And if you don't want that that responsibility of, of yeah. soldier care and and soldier mentor and soldier relationship, soldier uh, reaching their potential, man, you're, you you shouldn't be a leader because oh, you're on the wrong field. You're in the wrong field. So in that realm of building good relationships and, uh, you know, being the best leader that you can, uh, what were some pitfalls that you ran into early on that you would uh, advise up and coming leaders to be aware of so that they can avoid those same pitfalls? Uh, let's see. Right, there's so many. We don't yeah, have time. Yeah, right. <laughs> so for me, like, uh, I, I was good at leading by example and some of that stuff, but I was horrible at delegation and time management, yeah. right? Delegation, you know, I came up and you, you go from E45 and now you're in charge of these dudes that you were smoking and joking with. And, and like, it just felt weird. Like I can do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to delegate it. But what I learned is, you know, as you grow up the ranks, you don't have time for everything. Yeah. Like everything, all the stuff that comes across your desk and your inbox, it's like, you would you would never get anything done. You would fail. Yeah. Uh, and so you got to delegate. There's some stuff that only you can do as a as a command sergeant major. There's some stuff that only you can do, and that's the stuff you got to do. And the other yeah. stuff that other people can do, you got to delegate it so you can get out, walk the line with your soldiers, trip the line, you know, uh, with your soldiers, and 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 get that pulse. Especially as an enlisted leader, yeah. you know, officers enlisted yeah. have different roles, but. Time management and, and delegation, it was hard for me. And I'm, I'm still, you know, I still work on it. Uh, but it's, I don't know, I I don't think, know what your areas are. I think it'd be fair to say that by not practicing good delegation, you're not developing Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, right. your subordinates. Yeah. Yeah. It, right. If, if you're always jumping in to do it, they're never going to learn and gain the confidence in their own skill set. Or fail and, yeah. and allowing that teaching mm -hmm. opportunity to say, this is how you do it better. Yep. Yeah. Right. And, and failure, I'll let you finish, failure, like... You know, the old days of knife hand and jumping yeah, up yeah. and down and <laughs> screaming and yelling when, when people make a mistake, like we gotta get over that. That's yeah. that never worked, I don't think. But but now it's like if we squash that initiative some young E five that's yeah. that's taking the initiative and we squash it by jumping all over them for some minor mistake, you know, that's a teaching moment. That's where you bring him in. It's like, what were you trying to do? Where did it go wrong? How are you going to do it different next time? Yeah, All right, yeah. go try again, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's what we got to do instead of, you know, the old school army, you know, in the movies where yeah. you got right. Sam, Sam Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we don't have time for basic training yeah. right, one week in a month. You know, that, right. that, the, that time is so valuable. Yeah. We have to make sure that we're, we're offering those opportunities. I think I cut you off, Sergeant Major. No, you didn't I'm, cut I'm me sorry. off. I was just being the, I was saying staying off the grass and get your hands <laughs> out of your pockets. Yeah. You know, you know, you grew up as a, you know, seeing the sergeant major and thinking that's all he does, and it really, you know, 
working to change that dynamic. But I would say uh, one of the biggest challenges was uh, the work-life balance. You know, yeah. we often forget about, um, you know, what that means at home and and making sure that you're setting that example so that way your soldiers believe that that's important as well. Um, because it took me a while to get there. It took me a while to figure that out because I was so focused on how do I get to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was leaving some crucial things behind, and it, it caused me to be a worse soldier, a worse leader. Um, and so that that was probably one of the biggest challenges. And the other thing I think we forget about when we become, especially E7 to an above level, is mentoring officers, um, and how how crucial that is. Um, and it, it took a battalion commander to tell me, "Hey, I want you to to mentor these these company commanders and these LTs." And, and it kind of just clicked with me that that's, that's my role as well. And so we often forget about that because those are the ones that are making the decisions for the soldiers that we want to impact. And if they're making the wrong decisions and we're not, we're not enabling them or, or developing them um, appropriately, then, you know, we're, we're at fault too. So, you know, I've seen that a lot, Sergeant Major. My, my current role is with the ROTC program uh, here in, at IUPUI, and, yeah. and I have seen that the the impact that NCOs have, both on the the cadets and really, I mean, they're not even their first years, but as they grow through the ranks, right. um, there's always that that senior enlisted NCO paired with that officer. Yeah. Um, both to to advise them on the needs of the enlisted force and to offer them you know advice on, on overall leadership. That's yeah, uh, it's a, right. it's a really good collaborative partnership. And I think that we sometimes forget that. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that, that's such a great excellent point you brought up. Thank you. Well, and, and General Ellis used to on our division mobilization, he would say, "Sir Major, you're the last line of defense against stupidity." Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he, 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 I took that role pretty serious. Yeah. When, when some officer, were, you know, our enlisted person would come up with some dumb idea, um, I would, I would have to go talk him off the ledge and and uh, let's let's not be stupid here. So. But you you you'd have the opportunity to collaborate with that yeah. leader and walk them through like, hey, how did you get this decision? Yeah. How can what, what are you hoping to get out of this? And and really getting a better overall result, right? And helping yeah. develop that leader. Even in that those conversations, you're always always developing. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What other advice do you have for collaborating with these leaders? I mean. We, what are some examples that you have of opportunities where you've collaborated over over your careers? Yeah, so so communication, right, is hard, and hmm. it gets harder every day. And you know, every AAR ever done, you know, needs improvement. Communication, like <laughs> Washington crossing the Delaware, needs improvement. And communication, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Like it, it's hard, and it changes as you grow up in rank. Like how I communicate now is different than when I was a, a team leader or a squad leader or a first sergeant. Um, and and so you got to figure out communication. That's that's really the key. And we have so many electronic tools now yeah. that, that that are great for communication, but also take off some, take away some of that personal. Yeah. Uh, that personal touch when you're dealing with people. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the Indiana National Guard app. There's mm-hmm. communication cool. techniques in there. You can set up calendars and chat groups and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I, re- I really, you know, I want to push that uh, because as we develop that further and further, yeah. um, that's a great tool for that. And just anything like, you know, my my aide and I are, are – I guess, friends on the Nike run app, right? And I can see how many miles he runs every month. He can see how many miles I run That's every month. That's a pretty month. cool app I'm, I'm and, using. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm 
very good at making sure he never beats me in miles because I don't I don't <laughs> want him talking that's trash. The, that's the competition yes, in my yeah. household right now. Is yeah, that's who awesome. Has most miles. I won last month. Yeah, I'm behind this month. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So I yeah, and I don't cheat, but uh, I oh, here we go. Wait till the last minute and then put in a couple miles if I need to. And <laughs> Where you can't fit it in. Whatever. Yeah. But uh, but there's all kinds of ways to stay in touch and communication and 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 you know that's that's you got to figure out what works for you and your team right like this is my squad how do how does my squad my communicate squad, yeah. uh how, how does that how does that communication work yeah. and what's effective and what's not working if it's not if it's not working change it try something else what a, what a great example so you know just just because we're leaders to them you know maybe one week in a month there's still the opportunity to communicate with them all the month. Yeah, hey I'm, yeah. I'm beating you this month on the nike run app or yeah. whatever it is and, yeah. and it's not just the traditional texting but there's so many opportunities for us to connect yeah. and mentor those those soldiers yeah. and and really you know we talk about like passing the pt test right that's a, it's a huge thing to me right it's one of my three things is, is pt and and whose job is it to get a soldier to pass the pt test was it the master fitness trainer for the unit is the company commander who owns pt is it the first sergeant who executes it on behalf of the it's that first line leader right yeah. they they provide purpose direction and motivation Right. Uh, which is leadership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so they need to provide purpose, direction, motivation to get their soldiers to pass the PT test. And so you can't do that waiting on drill weekend. You no. got to have that no. communication throughout the month. And, you know, whether it's Nike Run app right. or, you know, if you're a truck driver and you work in an office, you probably have different schedules. Like, do you have different PT plans? And what are you eating for lunch if you're a truck driver? Like, you know, I. McDonald's ain't the answer no. unless right. unless it's McRib season. But yeah, <laughs> you gotta get McRib, at least one. But, but finding that connection to your soldier, yeah. even if you're not you know in the same realm, you know office and truck driver, yeah. um, finding those unique connections with those soldiers, building those long term bonds, because you know they're they're gonna trust you, right? They're gonna trust you as their leader, and it speaks to what you had said earlier. You know how do your subordinates feel about mm -hmm. you? Um, that was a, that was an excellent point. I just want to bring that back up. Do you have anything to add to that, Sergeant Major? Yeah, the communication. Um, so I think when you when you put the wreath on, sometimes uh, the, your your subordinates feel you're unapproachable, right? There's a lot of times I get a phone call and it's like, "Hey, I'm sorry for bothering you." I don't, you probably get that too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the first thing they say, and so you got to try to get get out of that that mentality to where they know they can call you no matter what, and you're going to prioritize them. And so uh, somehow, you know, that really takes you reaching out to them, or maybe it's just a text, hey, how things going today? Or if you know they have something going on, hey, uh, how's, how's your work situation going? And just being more approachable really, really kind of opens the gates for that dialogue and discussion. Um, I just had that conversation yesterday with the first sergeant. He's sorry for bothering you. He's yeah. new. Um, and uh, you're never bothering me. Yeah. You're always going to be important. I'll always take time for your phone call. So, I really love that. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked a lot about like how important different aspects of leadership are, the things that to try to avoid, the things that you should try to capitalize on. Um, what do you feel leaders can do to continue to stay relevant through the course of their career and have an impact on their soldiers apart from the things we've already discussed a little bit? Yeah. I just say stay passionate and stay challenged. Uh, if you find yourself in a, in a situation where um, the next position is not enticing to you or the current position is just kind of not uh, uh, pushing you along, um, you may, you, you may, it may be time for you to look something else, or, or maybe if you're at that time 
where you maybe need to retire. You know, you, you just, you have to love it. You have to, you have to love leading soldiers. You have to love being out there. Otherwise that sincerity, that visibility just goes away. Um, everybody knows you're faking the funk when you just show up and <laughs> yeah. you're just, you know, there to get that next, uh, paycheck or, you know, entitlement or whatever. Uh, so I would say you have to stay challenged and, uh, passionate. Mm. Yeah. And, and really, you got to keep growing, right? Yeah. You, you got to learn at something every day. And so, you know, I, I read something every day, whether it's, uh, you know, the report from the morning update or whatever, like new, new techniques, new technology, new doctrine, stuff like that. You got to kind of stay up to that. And, and so, um, you know, there's a new in November came out a new uh, FM 622 developing leaders. And, and it goes through chapters of it's an easy 192 page read or whatever. <laughs> Perfect. But it, it goes through chapters like all the important things about developing leaders and developing yourself as a leader. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's the NCO guide TC 7227 or something like that. Like every NCO should read, browse through the NCO guide. So like learn something new every day. If the day we stop learning, man, like, yeah. that's the day to hang it up because because you, if you think you know it all, it's time yeah. to go home. Right. And then, uh, not necessarily the last question, but my last question for you. Is, uh, <laughs> so we travel back in time a little bit. We've got PV one Butler, PV one Shetler. Like, what's the what's the the key advice that you would tell yourself? You know, just just a few years ago, right? Excellent like, question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Don't give up. Yeah, like, yeah. I think anything's you know anything's possible. I mean, mm -hmm. I. I that's a that's a tough retrospective you know, look, but um, I, you know, as a PV one in the National Guard, I guess I didn't know if this was going to be my career or what was next. And you know, um, I guess you know, I had some really good leaders, and just trusting those leaders and and kind of moving through and continuing to grow. Um, I would say always, you know, the guard's got to give back to you. You mm -hmm. can't, you're not a servant to the guard. It's got to give back to you. And so you always got to look to, you know, uh, what, what's, what's in it for you and what, what's pushing you along, I guess. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there was a singular moment in your career that was like, okay, this, this can be the thing, or is that kind of the whole thing? Like looking back on it, it's all just woven to the point where you are. I would probably say, so as age as an AGR soldier, it's been kind of different. I think your your path was probably um, built a little different than mine, but it, it became a career at that point. When I became AGR full time, I didn't necessarily think that I was going to do twenty and get mm -hmm. out, um, but it was something that I was passionate about and continued to uh, push me. And so I just you know continued on that path. It was probably when I made E seven where I thought, okay, you know. This is it. This is what I'm going to do when I grow up, you know, and uh, I just kind of stuck with it. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I, I, so I, I did, I joined active duty and did a couple years in Germany and, and, you know, joined for the army college right. fund at the time uh, and really was planning on getting out and going to college and getting my software degree and doing some computer programming and having a good, good, happy life. And coming off active duty, like, like, hey, if you go to the Army Reserve, you get an extra 50 bucks a month to the college bill plus drill pay and annual training. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Right. You know, I was really enthused about it. Uh, and then uh, 
field artillery unit got deactivated after the the Gulf War stuff, and and National Guard dude came over and it's like, hey, just try one year in the National Guard, uh, and I did, and and really that was when I I got to start leading soldiers, and it, it just clicked like being a leader and taking care of soldiers and that responsibility was something I wanted, uh, and I and I kept going and I thought, man, if I could ever be a first sergeant. I could really make a difference in my soldiers' lives, and so that was yeah. that was kind of the when I got to about E sixty seven. It's like, man, I want to I want to be a first. I want to make a difference because I I really took, you know, the good and the bad from different leaders along the way, and and kind of figured out how how I wanted to do it, uh, and that was that was kind of the tr the turning point for me was, man, if I can get to be first sergeant and make make a difference in some soldiers' lives and the training and yeah. all that kind of stuff, that was it for me. I love how you two, both sergeant majors, you, you have humanized the rank, right? I mean, we had, we've said a few times now, but we're, we're used to the, the stay off my grass, knife hand. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, at one point you're like, hey, I'm almost disenfranchised. Like, oh, I did it. Great. I'm going to do it for the Army or do it for the college fund. But then you realized the uh, the impact, the impact of, of yes, mm -hmm. of, of these soldiers who are who are serving their country and state. Um yeah. That's that's incredible, and and it is obtainable, and that's that's a really uh, interesting perspective that you have shared with us. I know uh, Sergeant Schweitzer had asked, "Is there something you would offer a younger version of you? Is there something that you would offer someone who's thinking about joining the National Guard? We are so much more than um, what you might see on TV, right? There's so many opportunities in in the National Guard. What is one piece of advice you'd have for someone who's thinking about listening to this, yeah. thinking about joining? So so I. It it is the great equalizer, right? It does, when you join, it, it's what you put into it and what you want to get out of it. It it doesn't matter if you were poor or rich or what ethnic background you come from. Like everyone has an opportunity in the National Guard to yes. to excel, whatever they want to, whatever they want to do, whatever they want to become. I grew up, you know, I my I joined for the Army College Fund because I large family. My parents grew up Amish. Like we didn't have money to to send me to college, and so. This was my chance, and and you know I wanted to make the most of it. Uh, and we had, you know, my, my parents beat us into a good work ethic and that right. kind of stuff. But in the farm and that kind of stuff. But it really is. Uh, you can become whatever you want in the National Guard, and I think you know we're both proof of it. Yeah. Uh, it's what you put into it, what you get out of it. And so, what do you want? Like, come in with your, with your goals of what do you want to get out of out of military service and. And don't let anyone stop you, and and have checkpoints along the way, and 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 meet them. You know, it's it's attainable. I love that. Uh, CSM Butler, was your experience the same? What, what advice would you offer to someone who's thinking about potentially joining the National Guard? So it's uh, it's intangible, but um, I think I think it's been said a lot that soldiers get in for the benefits; they stay in for the relationships. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, it, it really has it has a lot to do with that being a part of something that's uh, that is uh, that gives back to you. That's um, it's it's you know it's the friendships, it's the bonds you create that that you love and you grow with, and that's what keeps you in. I had an E7 brief uh, at a retention briefing just recently. It says, you know, over my career, I I really hated going to drill, but I loved being here, and that's like <laughs> resounding, like you know that. When you get in the door and you see all your friends and you have those relationships, that's sometimes a lot of times what makes retention easy. If you have an organization that is is like a family, 
soldiers just want to stay. And so, you know, the, the, the person that wants to be a part of something and, and has that desire and passion to, you know, to build friendships and, and, and that cohesiveness, this is where it's at. And it's such a unique type of relationship right. compared oh, yeah. to any other realm in your life. Uh, I was very much a, I'm going to do my six and be done. Yeah. And in about a week, I'll be <laughs> hidden 13 years. Yeah. Wow. And it was actually, um, Sergeant Major Shetler, when you were, I was in the 215th ASMC. And so you were. Troop command. Troop command. I was there. You too, actually uh, <laughs> called and we had a conversation about whether or not I was going to ETS. And uh, that followed with uh, an ADOS wow. opportunity. I actually uh, was like, you know what? I can do this a little bit longer. I'd like to say I remember that. What? You, yeah, you, you absolutely. I've talked to a few soldiers over my days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that 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 was uh, something that's always stuck with me. So. Yeah. Cool. so that phone call made an impact in your career. Yep. And, and because he made that phone call for you to, to essentially think about staying in, how many people have you enlisted into the National Guard? You've changed those lives. So that, that one phone call as a leader can yeah. impact so much of our National Guard. Uh, what, is, what are some, some words of advice you might have for a leader, a future leader, who's hoping to make a positive impact here in the National Guard? Go ahead and start. I, I think we kind of, uh, that's kind of a summation note, right? Kind of what we've all yes. talked about. And I think uh, it really is just about what we talked about being sincere and approachable to your soldiers and, and uh, making sure that they're important to you and you're compassionate, you understand them, you understand who they are. Um, and that, that when you become a first sergeant, you know, he said it, it was the most rewarding job and battalion CSM, I believe are probably the most rewarding jobs because you get to make that impact. You get to know those soldiers, you get to help them. And those success stories help you continue and they keep you passionate and keep you involved. Um, and so I would just say, you know, uh, uh find that niche and make sure that you're, you're getting to know your soldiers and, and always pushing yourself to you know, uh, make those those impact on those individuals, not just the organization. Yeah. yeah, and and really like being engaged. Yeah, right. You got to be engaged if you're going to be a leader. You can't just show up on drill weekend if you're going to be a leader. If you want to be a leader, you got to be engaged, and that means you know building teams, positivity, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's super important. Um, and so, so be engaged, and then. Um, I, anytime I got into a leadership position, I always picked three things. Like there's three things that I'm going to focus on while I'm in that position. And so, uh, and then if you get those three done, and, and I, I'm a firm believer that these positions are, are high burnout. And so mm -hmm. three to four years should be your max and, and either move up or move up on or move out. Yeah. And, um, but pick three things for those three years and, and, and try to make a difference in those areas that, that are your key topic areas. And, and really, you know, that's like, this is my squad. We talked about it a little yes, bit ago, Sergeant Major of the Army's initiative. And, you know, Sergeant Major of the Army's always have these crazy initiatives. And yeah. I always say whatever. But this one really gets, <laughs> this one always really got it right. Like, it, it takes care of our three coerces in the Army, the, the suicide, the sexual assault, harassment, extremism. And it's, and it's about bringing everyone into the fold, right? The people that are out on the fringe are the ones at risk, the ones that aren't in the group that they're holding up the wall on their phone at drill. Those are the ones that are at risk for all that stuff. And we need to bring them in. And so building that positive team is so important for a leader. And and you keep doing it no matter how, how high you get up. You keep trying to build these positive teams where yeah. they're functional and they work and they get things done and people know each other enough to, to ask the hard questions and, and 
get the, get the organization moving forward. So. Absolutely. I, I definitely appreciate uh, both your time uh, this morning, yep, Sergeant Major. Is there anything you feel like that we've added to this conversation? No. We've think, talked about a lot. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having us on no, here and, and letting us talk yeah, about some of this that. stuff. We do appreciate it. Well, Sergeant, cool. Command Sergeant Major, State Command Sergeant Major Settler, Sergeant Command Sergeant Major Butler, we definitely appreciate your time this morning. Uh, thank thank you. you for coming on the uh, Lima Charlie podcast. Walking Lima, us through leadership, yeah. EPS, all that jazz. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, if you have questions about any of that stuff, reach out to yeah. me. I'm dale.a.shetler.mil. Like, uh, at army.mil. At army.mil. Army. 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 <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, you know, I field questions from, from soldiers all the time, and it, mm -hmm. it's not a hassle. It's, it's what I'm, my, part of my job. So yep. if you have a question, reach out. Absolutely. That's, engage your leaders. Yep. I, I love awesome. that. Well, thank you again, uh, Command Sergeant Major. Uh, Lima Charlie, out. Station shipping on each other.